when you've made it to this stage in life, you get to make a choice, right? You get to choose that curveballs are bad. This is not the territory I'm supposed to be in. Um, or you can realize that if there's not a clear path ahead, you are likely in control of your own trajectory. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Attainable Podcast. My name is Sarah Boss. I'm your host. Please comment on my last Instagram post if I need to change my intro because I do do the same thing every time. And we're just going to be okay with that. Today, I have a returning guest, Hannah Oliva, and we are going to be talking about goals, my least favorite subject on earth. We (laughs) literally hate them Um, working on it, but we talked about goals in your last interview as well. Mm-hmm. And we're really diving in um, after some awesome deep conversations Hannah and I had. I wrote down a bunch of questions and just wanted to expand some of the things that she said and uh, some of her philosophies that I just found it very interesting. I think this will be very motivating. And I like that you always kind of give like the the straight version. Like it's very, like there's no, you know, okay, for confidence, like, you know, you just like, if you really believe in yourself, like it's none of that. It's not, like it, that. <laughs> it's not that. It's very practical and things that I feel are very, you know, something that I could actually work on. So first of all, how do you approach goals? What do you feel like goals are to you? Got it. Okay. So what do I feel like goals are to me? At the end of the day, I think they are almost like your wishes for the future, right? I think they are goal posts that you try to hit. And you are going to inevitably get somewhere in that ballpark. In my experience, especially after running a business for the past year and a half, nothing ever shapes out exactly like I imagined. And that's why I don't get too fixated on whatever original goal I had set. But I just know I am casting like a net, right? Somewhere out there and I'm going to end up somewhere in that arena. Okay. So with that, how do you, how do you cast your net without being so attached, like without having the expectation of the future, where's the happy medium between what I feel like, oh, I'm not being disciplined enough. Like, you know, I'm, I'm slacking off. So that's why I'm kind of quote, giving up on this idea versus no, I'm being realistic in that a lot of things are out of my control. How do you let go of that expectation for what you're trying to set? Totally. I get what you're saying. What's interesting is that I feel like a lot of people can listening can probably relate whether this takes you back to you being in high school or being in college, but we all likely mostly grew up in a traditional education system. Right. And I feel like all of my, my pre-program thinking comes from there. And the more that I talk to so many people, I realize it's the same for them too. Right. So in this educational system that we all grew up in, we knew that we had tests we knew that those tests were meant to validate like how well we were doing something. A question that you maybe have even asked a teacher or maybe you know you have a friend who would always ask this question, right? Is this going to be on the test? So like from the moment we were in school, we've always been trained to find the path of least resistance to an A and disregard anything that wasn't going to be on the test if it wasn't like that. Teachers would clue us in on what was going to be on the test, and we knew that if we worked hard and studied what they said was going to be on the test, we would get the outcome that we wanted. And then we threw a fit when there was a curveball, right? When something was (laughs) on the test that we didn't think was going to be on there. Um, I think this framework let us clearly attribute our success to the hard work that we put in um, and attribute our failure to our lack of hard work, because after all, we knew what we were going to be tested on. Um, I think the problem is that those parameters and that way of thinking does not translate after you leave school. So 
what happens like when you graduate college and you need to find a job, right? You're in uncharted territory now. No one is giving you a clue as to what's on the test. Everything is a curveball. And maybe when you like find a corporate career and you're back on that like career ladder, you're back in those same parameters where ultimately someone is in control of your future. And as long as you kind of follow their guidance, you might end up where you want. Um, but for me in the business world and you as well, right? If you threw up a peace sign into corporate life, those parameters are not there anymore. And everything that you're doing is a curveball. Um, and I think that when you've made it to this stage in life, you get to make a choice, right? You get to choose that curveballs are bad. This is not the territory I'm supposed to be in. Um, or you can realize that if there's not a clear path ahead, you are likely in control of your own trajectory. And maybe that's how someone defines freedom. So if you choose that, you have to realize like it's called uncharted territory for a reason. You don't know what's ahead and you have to give yourself the grace to figure things out. So unlike school where you were told if you didn't do well, it was a lack of willpower or a lack of discipline because you knew what was on there. Those rules don't apply here. So you can let go of this idea that you're fundamentally flawed if things don't go right the first time. And I think that's really what carries me through. <laughs> How long did it take you to get there? Well, so I graduated so when I was 20 so I was like what in 2016 I think I I realized that quickly because even when I first graduated college I thought I was going to do the whole corporate thing and realized it quickly wasn't for me so even just jumping into the world of startups where you kind of write your own job description you kind of figure out what is going to happen on the fly I think that life experience quickly let me realize um, you can let go of any of those visions life your, your life is never going to play out exactly as you wished. Yeah. When the more we like talked and like the more I thought about it and I've been mulling when I say like we had deep conversations, guys, like you don't <laughs> even know to the point where that's weeks, you know, it was weeks ago and I'm still like, I'm still actively mulling like every day coming up with the, the things. And, um, from when we were talking, like it was very clear that, I mean, obviously, yes, like everything's unexpected and everything's kind of ever-changing. You kind of don't know anything. And I was like, okay, well, what's the constant? Like, what can you hold? It's literally just you. And in my head, by setting goals, like I was banking on me for the future. Like I was painting a picture of like what I wanted me to look like. And then I was like, okay, I can trust her. That's what I'm going for. That's what, like, that is my hold. And then when things inevitably didn't happen or when I didn't know how I was going to get to her, then in the moment I was like, oh, this is all wrong. I'm doing something wrong. So instead of like trusting me now, I was trying to trust a version of me that like wasn't here yet, nor did I truly understand. Like I made up, you know, I look back a couple of years ago. I think we can all say this as like, I would have never guessed where I was now. A couple of years from now, I could have never guessed where I was then or like where I will be. And so it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't control that. So the only thing I could control was me. The only thing I could trust was me and me in the present, which yeah. once I kind of grasped that then became, okay, this is what I'm working towards. And that's where like, it's always a consistent conversation of self-awareness, self-confidence, integrity, all of these things come together with your goals and your visions, like it's always in the same conversation because it braids the same rope. You know, I can't 
like these visions without trusting in myself. And I can't be okay with everything like going wrong without the confidence that I will get through it. All these type of things. Um, I was watching a video a couple of days ago sent to me by, okay, do you know who Abraham Hicks is or what Abraham? Yeah. Okay. I think I thought it was like, I watched one video and it was like a cartoon, but it was clearly like at a conference and they like cartoonized the conference. Hmm. And it was a woman, but then I was talking to my friend about it and she like Googled it. And apparently Abraham Hicks is like not a real person. Like, I don't know if it's, I have no idea. That's completely a different subject anyway, but it was this video and they were asking like how she talks, she, it, I don't know, talks a lot about like energy. And it was really into um, like, that's going to like your vibrations, positive, negative vibrations, attracting like what you want. And that can get very woo woo, very fast. And then somebody asked like, okay, I've read all these books for success. How did, how did these mesh together? And she kind of painted this picture of like goals versus like a vision. She's like, you know, when we talk about like imagining what you want, we really take it to this high level, like vision idea. And we want you to feel it. Like we want you to close your eyes and be able to take yourself to that place. Goals, when you're like setting goals, the problem, the, the, well, I guess the objective, mm-hmm. like the visionary exercise where you're closing your eyes, you're imagining where you want to be is to bring yourself up to that, that vibration, which all this is very new to me. So it's, you know, I'm trying to grasp it without wanting to roll my eyes, but like bringing you up to vibration, essentially bringing you to a happy state. And so you can take yourself to this happy state and feel what you quote want to feel. And she was like, goals are great. But then if you are setting goals and it's making you feel guilty or it's making you feel inadequate, or it's like making you feel like you can't attain that you're immediately putting yourself like in a negative place and what you give off, you will attract, which I think that's no new news. You can put it in like cute Mm -hmm. terms, but like, you know, what you're asking for, like, you're going to get what you focus on. You're going to get, we all know that no matter if you like believe in like woo or not. And so it's like, okay, if you're going, if you're focusing on the problems, you're focusing on where you aren't, then you're going to get more of that. Like if you're Mm -hmm. stuck in this place and you're focusing on this place, you're stuck at, you're going to get more of that. But if you're stuck in this place and you focus on like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so great when I'm here. Um, I'm so excited for me to, you know, be in this place. I have this vision of myself, you know, in my house and these things that I want. And it kind of brings you up to that place. All that to say, I kind of wanted your take on that, giving you like a synopsis of the video. I really liked it in separating the idea of like goal and vision. Still don't know where to place goals. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's like, you know, you have to get yourself to a healthy state where you can set goals in order to achieve your vision. Or if it really is like, like casting your net is a vision. You kind of have to keep it vague because you can't focus on the how, because you don't know how. Yeah. This is actually reminding me of, so we both are traction, right? Yeah. And like goals there were basically rocks, right? So like milestones, things that you can tangibly work towards in order to make your vision a reality. And I think that's the way that I look at them, right? Vision is like the big picture, right? What does my life look like? But then you have to ask yourself, you'll never know exactly how, right? You're going to get there, but you do need to have something that you think that you're working towards, right? Um, I think that's where I feel like I get very tangible. That's what, like, I I think for me, for example, manifestation, I, I need it to be tangible. I can't just be vague. Like, I think there needs to be something that I feel like I'm actively in pursuit of that is going to make that vision come true. So to me, they're like, yeah, like milestones, I guess is how I would tie those things together. Yeah. Kind of like almost an exercise where 
you people love the perfect day exercise and I think that's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good way to kind of put borders around like if you, somebody just says like vision I'm like excuse me like don't give me a blank <laughs> sheet of paper like I need if you need me to rush with creativity like I need some sort of sandbox to plan mm-hmm. and if they say okay your perfect day maybe like this is an exercise where you like envision your perfect day but then working back from that okay what needs to happen in order for that to happen. So, um, like I'll be, you know, honest with my vision. Like I talked about producing photo shoots. Um, Mm -hmm. I said, like, I have my portfolio binder with me and I'm on my way to a photo shoot that I'm producing for a brand. And I'm like, okay, then, you know, I can envision that. And that like makes me happy. You know, I can Mm -hmm. see that and makes me happy. It makes me nervous when somebody's like, okay, how, how's that going to happen? I'm like, if you ask me that one more time, I might have to punch you in the face. (laughs) Like I get very (laughs) upset with that, but maybe that's where that blends where we have this idea. So, and like, I was like, you know, this is how I feel. This is where I live. Um, Mm -hmm. like, this is what I do for fun. You know, I am healthy. I am active. I surf, I longboard, I have creative photo shoots. And, um, I also talked about like the agency that I want to build and, but still keeping that like vague and mainly rooted in feeling. But then going back from that and being like, okay, if this is true, if that day, that perfect day, you're going to a brand photo shoot and you are producing it, what must happen in order for that to happen? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think it's like a roadmap, right? You're building your roadmap. And I can see, I think people struggle with one of two things, right? They're either really good at the vision part and can't figure out the milestones to get there, or they're really good at like setting arbitrary goals, but can't align things with the vision that they're working towards. So I think you need both. And I think reeling in people in your life that are good in one of the areas that you're not, I think that's where like conversations become really constructive. So where does manifestation come in? Because we've had some, some experimentation with manifestation working together and it's gone very well. Um, I, I laugh because it doesn't seem serious, but like we have seen on a simple level, we asked for something, we got it. And where does that come in to the goals and you actively working on things you can control, Mm. but then it's almost like you don't want to bank on quote universe, God, whatever you want to say, like also giving you those things because it's always conflicting messages. Cause it's like, okay, this is what I'm hearing. Like, okay, you need to work towards your goals. You need to have this roadmap and these milestones that you are working towards every day. You have your to-do list. And that is actively something that you're working towards. Okay. But also you should manifest and you need to make a vision of like what you want. And if you allow yourself to feel those feelings and like, you know, that feels right. Like, you know, the universe God has like a path and they will put those things in your path. Okay. So I'm like banking on, you know, them doing their thing. Um, but also don't, just lie around and do nothing, you know, but make sure you stay focused on your feelings because if you feel it hard, things will come. And I'm seeing evidence on both sides. I'm not saying either are wrong. You know, I see people who it seems, I know that's not true, but it seems like they've really harnessed this like internal power or something. And they're like, ask and you shall receive. And I'm like, love that, Jessica, really love (laughs) that journey for you. I'm seeing that. I understand, like, love that. And then I'm also looking over here at these like work harders and I'm like, you make me nervous, but I understand you better. Mm, You know? Yeah. I am not a manifestation pro. I would even say 
there's probably people way better than me to talk about that. What I do know, and I laugh about it because I know that we do this every Mondays in our team meetings and somehow, right? It still feels like somehow we wave a wand and things happen. But what I think what's actually happening there, I, I could be wrong. For me, manifestation feels very like a vision too, right? Like it's still an arbitrary state where things feel right. What that allows me to do is focus on something I think is way more important. And that's how you show up each day, right? And I think, okay, if I am manifest, if I think about it right in the future, or I work with these kinds of clients, I do these kinds of things. It forces me each day to figure out, am I making decisions and acting in a way that align with anything that I say that I actually want? And I think that's the question that whether you choose to call it manifesting or goal setting or doing a perfect day formula, whatever it is, ultimately, I think it all falls down to, are you taking action in alignment with the place that you want to be in the future? Oftentimes, and when I think about I have thought many times about my own journey to building a business, mainly to try to figure out what happened, right? Like what went right? Can I replicate this is the thing that I think about often. But I just think the common thread was choosing the brave choice. And that is like the number one rule I just give myself each day is, am I choosing the thing that feels brave? And that has been what I think when I think about manifesting and the visions that that has. When I think about my perfect day formula, I know that in order to get from here to there, it's going to require courage. And that's the one thing I, that's like my one litmus test that I keep in my mind all the time. Did that feel brave? And that's how I think it all comes again, way more tangible. One key thing that you can look at. And that's how I tie that all together. Yeah. I love that. And it, we, I just did an interview with, um, and if you guys, it would have gone up before this. Um, if you guys haven't listened, the interview with the founders of Catalyst Mercantile, it's so good. But in that interview, cause this reminded me of that. We really talked about like, of course they have each other, which is nice, but they started brick and mortar and their opening date was April 1st, 2020. Beautiful. (laughs) One of them quit her job. It was like, I don't remember the exact dates, but it's like she quit her corporate job March 11th. And I remember because they're very good at documenting on social media, or at least Kendall is. And she was like, I hate, because she's always, always on her social media. I hate this place. This sucks. This is what we're going to do. And it's amazing. And she was like, guys, today's the day. Like I'm done. This is last time working into this freaking place. And then the next day she woke up and CNN had a headline saying global pandemic. She was like, this is, you know, amazing. This really feels right. Um, and so we talked a lot about like, it's not the right word for it, but uh, blind faith in themselves. And it was like, it's not blind faith, it's trust, but they have, have this complete, it's, it's palpable. Like you could just tell through the Zoom screen, like they had this complete confidence and they're like, we're going to succeed. And I asked them about it. I said, how do you get through that? Like, how do you, do you have moments where they're like, absolutely. We have moments where we're like, you know, creep, like freaking out. And then we go to each other, you know, usually one is freaking out and the other isn't. So you can go and they can kind of settle you down. But then one of them said, but you know, how could we not succeed? This is so fun. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's such a cool way to see that. And it was the same energy that I have gotten from you before. Blind trust is not the word, but it feels like it, like it is just centeredness of, no, I just know, like, Mm -hmm. I just know me and I know whatever is on this other side. Like, it's going to be great no matter what that is. I love that. 
the day that I got laid off, what I wrote down was like, what did I say? This time is magical is like what I wrote down. Like it was the moment I got laid off. I wrote that on a sticky note before I even, so you said April 1st is when they started the business. I was laid off like April 3rd. So the March, April timeframe of last year feels very, I have visceral reactions to it. <laughs> but so I was laid off from my startup on April 3rd before I ever even left the room to go tell my husband that I got laid off. That was the one thing I committed to remembering, like, this is going to be great. And so I love one thing that you said that really stuck with me in that I think is something to flesh out a little bit is they said, I know it's going to work out. Like, this is so much fun. They chose to enjoy it now. And I think so many people bank on trying to enjoy it later. And I think you are going to hate life many times if that is the version that you choose to go with. I think you get to decide, right? If you are going to enjoy any part of your goal or vision setting experience, and I would just choose to do it now versus later right? Because it seems like it sucks to say, hey, like in six months or in five years, when this master vision comes to life, I'm going to be happy then. And it's like, if you choose that, you have to know two things, right? The first one is the accomplishment and joy or whatever feeling you think you're going to feel when that vision comes to life literally is going to last for like two to five minutes. Like I remember the day, I think it was like a Tuesday at like 930 at night when I was looking at our previous month's financial statements and realized we had a 10K month. And I was like, oh crap. Like I didn't even realize that was a thing. That's like this eluded number, right? I feel like we always hear we're like service-based businesses, right? Your 5K months, your 10K months, whatever. Um, I was pumped. I gave my husband a high five, like, hey, we did it. And then I like brushed my teeth and went to sleep. Like that was it. And Wednesday morning came and life kept moving on. So I think your moment of like realizing that accomplishment is not going to last as much as you think it is because number two pops in is that the goalpost is always going to move shortly after. You will, the minute that you, if you are like, you know, quote unquote, a high achiever, the minute that you accomplish something, your brain can't help but figure out what's next. So then you get it back into this vicious cycle of beating yourself up, of feeling nervous, discontent, and frustration all for a few moments of excitement months to years later. So I think that sucks. I think the way better decision is to decide before you even embark on whatever your journey you're going down is that you are going to be happy along the way, right? I will find happiness in the way that I show up. I will find happiness and bake in moments to celebrate along the way. And I just think what I like about this like shift in thought is that it shifts your happiness from the outcome to the way you show up each day, which is the one thing that you can control as we just mentioned. Yeah. I love that. And, and to like, for me, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to, to grasp like these kind of concept concepts when you're in like a shitty place. Like I've been in a shit place and I'm, you know, say I was listening to this podcast, it would not like, I would be maybe pumped. I'd be motivated. Um, good. There's a good chance. I'll, I'd feel guilty that I didn't understand, or I didn't feel all these things, but, and, but I really wouldn't understand like, okay, how do I bring that into the now? Like, I feel like shit now. I feel like that's not part of like my control. No, I feel like shit. If I get here, I won't feel like shit. And I kind of see it as, I think we, like once you get into like adult life, we've all had like some sort of thing where you worked, there was a, you know, worked for something that something happened like in an, in an event. If you were on a sports team, it may be the championship and you guys are always like every practice, like you're talking about the championship, blah, 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 hit the championship and you, let's say you crush it and then you go home or like right now, I think it's very, you know, on brand for me to talk about like wedding planning. Like I'm very aware, like I'm, I'm a little 
not, I'm so excited for my wedding day. No, but I know that I'm going to be sad. Like once like it's over because like the planning parts, like the fun part, like this anticipation, like this exciting feeling like that's going to be over on my wedding day. And then it'll be something else. And of course that day's, you know, going to be great or whatever, but I can kind of like imagine this feeling in those type of terms. And Mm -hmm. it brings me to a place like something I've experienced before. Therefore I can bring it into the present. I'm like, okay, I understand that feeling. Like I understand the excitement of making something happen. And then that makes it much easier for me to then say, okay, like, no, this is, this is exciting because I'm seeing like, I'm building something and this is going to be great. And just all these things, but in the moment, like, I'm just going to be excited to be being, I'm going to be excited to be Mm -hmm. doing. So how do we tangibly, how do we make goals and cast a vision without feeling, and this, I think this, we're kind of answering this, but I want to kind of hammer into it a little bit more. How do we make goals while feeling content and happy where we are? How can we say, I want all this, but I'm also okay with where I am. I wish I had a better answer outside of just choosing that. I don't know if there is one. Right. Like you get to decide. Um, Right. And I've heard of so many things, like one of my mentors, um, all the time, like even follows up to make sure I'm still doing it. It's like, even just like a gratitude practice, right. That is very tangible, um, of looking what I do like about that. Right. If every morning, if all your goal is going to do, if all that you're going to do is write down three things you're grateful for. What I do appreciate about that though, is that it allows you to get really present versus living constantly in that future focused state. And I think maybe that's one, again, tangible thing that you can do because it's interesting. Um, this idea of wanting the future to happen sooner rather than later is odd to me. It's like, you're willing to press fast forward on your life. And it's just like, Ooh, I don't think I want to do that. Right. Your life is finite. Like, why would you want to keep rushing through the next milestone? So what I like about the gratitude exercise that it forces you to pause and look around today and this morning and figure out what makes my heart happy now. And I think I always, people say it's a bit of a morbid thought, but I really, I just, I'm cleanly aware that life ends. And I think about that often, but it seems like you think about it, not in terms of the end you think about it in terms of the now um so maybe to the way that I do think about it is like you have no idea right like we we like to plan on 10 years in the future 20 years in the future and maybe this is just going through right when I was a kid I was in a car accident and I saw like life end so fast and it's just like why keep waiting to be happy later why keep trying to rush through things when you just don't even know if they're going to come. That's like, at the end of the day, it's more, it's a, it's a morbid thought, but to me that has always rang true for me. And that has allowed me to be excited now, be happy now, um, rather than later. Yeah. I love that. Choose. (laughs) Just choose. You just got to choose. So say, you know, we're all revved up. You've cast your vision. You're very excited. You're feeling amazing. You've got a week, solid week where you're like, we're so focused. Like we are working towards our things. We see it. We love it. We live it. It's great. Cause we got over the fear of like starting. That's like, everybody's like, God, you know, you got to just start whatever that may be. How do you deal with the fear in the middle of the action? Nobody talks about what happens when like, you're like, 
it snaps. You know, I am going to do this thing. I am going to start. I am going to start the business. I am going to start my YouTube channel. I am going to start my degree. I am going to whatever. And you get over that hill, big hill, noteworthy. You can't do anything until you get over that one. But then what happens when in the middle of it, you get that fear again of this is going to crumble. Everything's going to absolutely blow up in flames. And it's like in the, you're in the middle of action. Like you're, you're actively moving. You're like, I'm going, but I'm freaking terrified. Like I no longer have the confidence or the understanding of like where I'm going anymore. I'm just sort of moving. Cause I think we get into this place where we lose the vision or, you know, obviously getting to anything is never as glamorous as we think. Totally. So then we're here, we're like marching and we're like, oh God, I don't feel jazzy or inspired or glittery anymore. I'm terrified. How do you deal with fear in the middle of the action? I think you need to get really clear and ask yourself, like, what exactly are you afraid of right now? And because I think that can send you off in a couple of different directions, right? Like, am I worried? Did I get the sense of fear? Because I'm worried that like people are watching me, right? And I think I'm like nervous about what people are going to say or what people think about what I'm doing. Um, Are you nervous about like it not panning out, right? There's a bunch of different like facets that we can look at that through. Um, For one, I think if you immediately got nervous because you feel like people are watching you, I think any, anything, any kind of external pressures or external factors, like you just have to decide to move on, right? Like your, your life wasn't meant to make other people happy or pleased or anything. Um, so I think that's like the first thing you have to commit to deciding. And as we, as we talk, I haven't like wrapped my head around this yet. This is like a new thought for me, but what is being illuminated right now is almost this phrase of like the practice, right? Are you going to are there a set of rules that you can lay out for yourself before you get started on something and commit to following those practices each time, right? If I get worried that people are judging me, can I commit to keep doing it anyway, right? If I realize I'm having a day that I'm really riddled in anxiety, can I give myself the afternoon and I'm going to come back at it tomorrow? Like really formulating like your playbook of practices and always coming back to that yeah, I see you lit up there. Yeah, this sounds this sounds revolutionary. Having a plan for when <laughs> for when you're anxious because it is like it always feels like a surprise. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Who I've never felt I don't understand. What do you mean like I don't feel great today? I'm it's a complete <laughs> surprise to me. No one told me. It's like, Sarah, you felt the same way Tuesday. And it's about the same thing. It's you felt that same thing the last Wednesday and you've been feeling it about on a brown weekly to bi-weekly basis for the last 21 years or whatever. Like I'm 24. I don't know why I said 21, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like, it never seems like a surprise or it always seems like a surprise when it really never is. And it always is about the same thing. So even like doing that practice of like writing things down and it won in my head, like, as you're saying this, I'm like, wow. Okay. So that that kind of brings it out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings it out of a state of like in my head, it's like, oh, right now something must be wrong. Cause that's what it always feels like. You never want to pinpoint it to, you know, fear of like what people are thinking or fear of I'm going to fail or like these type of things that we always hear. Cause they're all cliches, 
we're like, oh, no, 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 I'm anxious about something else. It must be money. It must be, um, you know, this test coming up. It must be this new project I'm taking on. Like something must be falling or else I wouldn't feel this way. Mm. And I'm like, oh, but if I kind of predict that, then I can go back to that and say, no, like it, it just takes it out of my head saying, this is a, a, a piece of this journey. This is something we're prepared for. This is something, this is a wall, this is a block, this is a whatever, some sort something we have to walk through, but it doesn't mean that something's actually, and this really, I mean, I'm pulling really from my anxiety experiences. So this may not be um, the same for other people, but like, I really have to take it out of me because I, in my head, I have to separate the feeling between stress and fear and Mm. like stress is something with a finite end. If I'm stressed, I can point exactly what I'm stressed about, what will fix it, and when I won't feel stressed anymore. In school, I was stressed about a test. I know if I study for that test, I won't feel as stressed. And once I'm out of that test, I will no longer feel stressed. I walk out of that class and it's done. Mm-hmm. I know it and I can, it's very finite. Fear, read anxiety, never feels finite. It feels prolonged. You can't totally pinpoint where it's coming from. You can't tell if somebody said what's wrong, you really couldn't say, you don't know what's causing it and you don't know when it's going to end. And so by having this playbook, you're like, okay, no, this is like, this is how I identify it. And this is how I move past it. I love that. Mm -hmm. And then the one like thing that I'll just add to that is I think that you're right. I think stress, anxiety, and fear can all be a little bit different. The stress example you gave about the test is a perfect example of it being finite. Um, Fear is a tricky one because I think that as you, again, this concept of uncharted territory feels really strong to me. Anytime you keep navigating right through life, and especially if you're going down the path of entrepreneurship, everything is new. Everything is likely going to feel scary. Can you entertain this idea of what how ha- like imagine a world where fear never really goes away? Well, then what, right? I think fear and failure are things that I could dive into a lot about, but I think traditionally we want fear to stop and we don't want to encounter failure, right? And I think just kind of reworking your relationship with those two things might be interesting because even having done this again for it's only been a year and a half I've worked with businesses before but anytime you encounter a new like level up right there's a new wave of fear that comes in so can you just commit to doing something even when fear pops up one action right like if that's getting through the day if that's just doing the thing giving yourself some space but let's not always look for things to end for the fear to end for anything to end because I don't think it really does And even having, I have some incredible mentors in my life who, again, are like five, 10 years ahead of me, and they have their own versions of fear and failure that pop up. So instead of wishing it away, can I figure out how am I going to act even when it comes in? I think that's really key to hone in on. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's so powerful. Um, When when we were chatting um, in specifically in the hotel, and you were talking about some <laughs> conference when we were in the lobby, we we're in the okay. lobby at those tables. And you're talking about, I don't know if it was conference, it was something. And mm-hmm. we, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mark, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Wonderful. You were saying something about like the concept of like, I don't know. And like, or something, can you, I will actually, I won't even like put those words in your mouth. Can you explain that again and talk a little bit more about whatever that is? 
Okay, so you said, I don't know. I thought you were going to talk about stories right now. So maybe you can pre-frame a little I bit. I think, okay, I think, I think it, it came in the same conversation. Um, and I'm like, okay, what did it, I think the I don't know kind of came from my interpretation and then also from our like side conversation. So start with the stories and we can kind of diverge from there because I remember it being very powerful. And I remember wanting to know more about it. I specifically remember you're like, being like, this would be a longer conversation if we dove into <laughs> what this was. I was like, all right. So not saying we're going to have the whole conversation now, but right. can we dive back in? Totally. So I went to something called the Landmark Forum, which at this point, I just highly recommend it to anyone. I know of a few people who I've been in my life have gone through that. And what I love is that it even gives us similar language to use about What's it called? Things. It's called the Landmark Forum. The Landmark uh, Forum. My, one of my closest mentors, he knew me for about like two months and suggested that I go so much so that he paid for it. He's like, wow. you need to go to this. Um, I looked it up. It, <laughs> any personal development thing, if you search it, people are going to call it a cult. I was like, I have no idea what I'm walking into. What is the most transformative, like three days of my life? Um, one of the biggest things that I walked away with and that the circle of friends who have also gone, we use the concept of story a lot. Um, and the idea of story is that you navigate your life, things, you experience different things in life, and they are just as they are. So for example... Um, you decide you want to start a business, the business panned out, uh, the business didn't pan out, um, the idea didn't come to fruition. That's all that happened. The stories that we create about that are the layers of feeling and interpretation we add to it. So business didn't pan out is what actually happened. The story we turned into of it is that we are a failure. We didn't have a good idea. Um, we will never accomplish anything right in life. It's all of the, the extra layers and lens that we add on to an event and how we make it about ourselves. Um, oftentimes those ends up being very like limiting beliefs about who we are. Um, another example of a story is if Miguel, my husband comes home, I talk to him, he feels maybe like distant or focused. The story that I can make is that he does not care about who I am. When in reality, he probably just came home, had a busy day, had a lot going on. So it's like the story is the meaning we add to events that often don't serve us um, quite often. So does that part like initially make sense? Yes. And I remember you saying something about like, you guys spent a lot of time you had to get to a certain state and I, that state was, um, related to the seeing it. It just is this. It just it, is. Yeah. yeah. This just is state life is these facts, like getting to that place. Mm -hmm. And I, you said that you guys spent a lot of time, like being able to put yourself in that state of seeing mm -hmm. things just without like the feelings and the stories coming in. Yeah. And I think that, um, that state that you're talking about, I think can be applicable to so, I mean, I think it's applicable to anybody who's ever trying to embark on anything. Right. Um, I think the, the story that is most prevalent to most people is a story that they have around failure. Right. I, I, have, I hear a lot, a lot of people ask me like, how, how do I not fail at this thing that I want to do? Or how do I not fail? Um, and the most obvious answer is, okay, well then don't try. <laughs> don't try it anything, right? Because you're never going to know what's going to happen on the other side of it. Um, and I think if you can reframe the stories that you have about failure, instead of it being this thing that suddenly makes you less than, and can you turn stories into the courageous experiences you had for putting yourself out there, right? You're able to look at your life in, through a very different lens. 
And I think that is probably might be one of the things that you're alluding to, but I think was one of the most powerful takeaways that I had from that event for sure. Yeah. And it, it seemed like such a, such a novel idea. Um, and (laughs) it made me think of like, when we're hearing, like when other people recount their stories, Mm -hmm. um, from like years later, you know, they're like, oh yeah, back in 2010, I did this, I did this. And it failed like totally miserable. We were in like 10,000, $10,000 in debt, $100,000 in debt, whatever. Like, you know, all this happened and then I got divorced and like all these things and then you go through it. And then I also did this, but then that kind of didn't work out either. And now we're here. And when they're telling the story, you're like, look at everything they went through. Like they're amazing. They just crushed through that. They just breezed through that. They walked (laughs) through it like a ring of fire and they didn't even know it was happening because now they are they're taking, they're taken away from that experience. So they're taken away from the emotion. They're completely on the other side. So they're mm-hmm. able to, they literally see it through a different lens because they're looking backwards. And it makes me think of that when I know in reality, when they were in it, they're not saying, oh, well, you right. know, <laughs> my life is crumbling down, but that's just what it is. Yeah. It just is. You know, they were saying, I, my life is crumbling down. It's my fault. I'm a failure. I'm broke. I can't do anything. How will I ever get out of this? Like all these type of things that based on what, like what you were telling me, two different themes of focus, I guess, like you can have one without the other. Yeah. Or what's interesting about with the example you just gave, or I think you can go through all those things in life and have the story that you're a failure, you're all of that. That is likely going to bog you down a lot. And this is where you can choose in that moment to have a different story, right? So that person who was able to get to the other side, the story that they still have was life feels like it's crumbling down around me, but I know I'm not a failure. I know I can figure things out. And there's a story that they were able to tell themselves in that moment, empower them to get to the other side. So it doesn't have to be an afterthought, right? It can be something you try to tap into even when things feel like they're going up in flames. Yeah. Um, And I like that we're kind of like sitting on the whole failure one, because I think that's just most optimal, even like to the goal setting one. this even ties back. Have you heard the phrase, like, what would you do if you could not fail? Yes. I like hate that phrase. Like, I just hate it so much. And what rubs me the wrong way about that is that it still positions failure as this thing that like shouldn't be happening, right? This thing you should get away from. I think that phrase failure is the opposite of success. The phrase that I'd much rather see people take on is what is worth failing 800 times for, right? Um, That then positions like failure as a stepping stone to success. And where I'm tying this into stories is that again, one is like, I'm on the right path if I'm experiencing all of this versus I'm not on the right path if I am experiencing all of this. And even that simple reframe there now points you in two very different directions. If I'm seeing failure as a stepping stone, that then allows me to say, hey, I live a life that requires me to be like courageous and I am mustering up courage every single day to go to bat for the dream that I want to see come into life. Um, I know that along the way, I'm going to encounter all these experiences that I can then draw from in the future. And that's so much more valuable, right? Rarely is anyone that we look up to these days, someone who experienced success at the first go. So I think if you want the success that you dream of, you have to realize you have to get into the arena and you will not leave it unscathed, right? Um, And the good thing is, is that people in the arena are going to help you out. People who have been where you are want to see you succeed. So one example that I heard Seth Godin mention one time was this example of like a locksmith. 
he said, right, if you get locked out of your house and you call a locksmith, he's going to show up with like 20 keys and one by one enters one key into the door to figure out which one is it. He's like, at no point does the locksmith say I am a bad locksmith because I didn't get the key right on the first time. Instead, they just keep going through new key after new key after new key. And like, can you adopt a very similar like mind frame? Yeah. What, what really stood out to me is um, when you said, you know, they're reframing to, okay, life is crumbling. You know, it feels like life is crumbling around me, but I am not a failure. I, you know, am not, you know, a, a horrible person. I mm-hmm. am not, you know, what, whatever, what have you. And that goes back to self-trust and having that core, like that constant is you and you have to know, like you will figure it out. You have to and that even goes into like the believing yourself, like, but mm-hmm. of course there's just more to that story. There's more behind it. Like we've kind of broken that down all the way saying like, yeah, you have to look at everything and then realize that does not change you. I was, um, in, I feel like I can't go through a podcast episode without saying therapy. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I see her every week, big fan. Okay. Um, and big like promoter for it, but and I was saying. Um, in my, <laughs> um, better help come sponsor, like, you know, bring access <laughs> to everyone. Um, cause I know, I know I've given my therapist some, some clients. I'm a very good, good advocate. Anyway, she said something. She was like, she was like, what, what last week I had asked you, you know, what would happen if you didn't achieve all these things? And I had said something, I was like, well, if I didn't achieve all these things, that means that I didn't do what I was supposed to. And that means that like my life is meaningless. And then we went on with the conversation that helped that a little bit. And then I went throughout my week and, you know, feeling a little bit better next week. She said, Hey, last week you said this, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, how does, you know, how do you, how do you see that now? Um, and me having, you know, grown so much as, as the woman I am in a seven day time, um, (laughs) was like, well, I see that. And like, I understand the the fear of that, obviously, because that was me who was screaming it. But I was like, but that's, that's also interesting. Cause like, say this all goes to shit. Like this all crumbles down, whatever all is like, for me, that's my business for me. That's, you know, I, yeah, no, basically it's business. That's what I'm worried about all the time. (laughs) And if it all crumbles down, I was like, that doesn't change that I'm creative. That doesn't change that I'm smart. That doesn't change that I'm kind. That doesn't change that I love my family and that I care for my friends and like all these traits about me. I'm like that. It had just like occurred to me like there. It's lovely how the simplest things are the hardest to grasp. <laughs> like I was like, that doesn't change like who I am. Her name's Sarah too. I was like, Sarah, you did it again. You did it again. <laughs> you did it again. You little rascal. You got me. Oh my gosh. You like perfectly described getting like disattached to the outcome, right? Like you are not the things that you accomplish. Right. Like think about it in reverse. Like my husband or my family or my friends are not going to love me anymore. If I hit a million dollars, if I have five, whatever, right. I don't become more lovable, more worthy or more anything. So like in reverse, if I have a month where I make less revenue, where things aren't working out, they don't love me less. They don't do anything like that. So I think it's interesting, right? We, we know that people don't love us and we're not worthy because of the things that we do, but for some reason we get stuck up we get stuck on, well, what happens if I don't do those things? So 
I love how you like framed that. I think you are not what you accomplish. And I think that is key to acknowledging that too. Yeah. Which is, again, we're going, I feel like we're making so many full circle moments back to so like the school system, like where like, mm. I, I know 100%, like a lot of my behaviors and a lot of how I understand and grasp success and productivity um, and value is from school and how that was framed for me. And to, you know, we were taught like, you know, you work really hard and you get good grades and, and you, you just keep going up and up and, and that's what makes you great. That's what gives you the good score. That's what gives you the awards. That's what, you know, people don't care about the, you know, kid who's not in the honors classes, who is, you know, extremely kind and is the best sharer and is the, you know, helped the person whose books fell down and picked them up for them. Like they don't, you know, they're like, that's great. Or, you know, even if they see it and when we're like little, little, you know, they're trying to put these, instill these behaviors in us, but then we get into like the real world and it's like, no, okay, but these are, these are the things that you need to do. You need to succeed. You need to get A's. You need to get good grades. You need to accomplish these, go, get into clubs. You should be at the highest yeah. positions. You should be all these things. And it's worse for the kids who do well. It's, and I, guys, I'm not saying that like, like honors and AP kids like have it hard. Like I, you know, but I think that it is, what I'm saying is it's a losing game. Like I learned that you, oh, this is going to sound cynical. Hear me out. I was like, you don't get rewarded for being the good girl, for being the smart kid, for being the top, like whatever you're looking for, that feeling, that, that finite, okay, complete, like life, I did it. Like that doesn't come from that, which is what I thought. I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, then, you know, be a shit person and like, don't, and get bad grades. And like, it doesn't matter. Cause if you're good, like everybody shits on you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in my head, I was like, if I accomplish these things, that is what makes me good. That is what makes me smart. That is what makes me all these things. And if I do these things, check these boxes, then I will receive this golden life thing. I will get my award. I will be told you did, you did do a good job. You did Mm -hmm. accomplish the thing. You did find your purpose. You did find your why you did it. And there's no such thing. I love that. All of that. What's interesting is that you said that that the school system worked for people like us though. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. So many of my friends thought the tests were stupid, the circles were stupid, like the groups that you were in, the trophies you got, they didn't care. Right. And what I love about that, and what I'm, it's so funny that back then I thought, oh my God, like they just don't care. Right. Yeah. And it was bad that they didn't care about that. Yes. And I was like, I'm ahead. I'm I, ahead. I, I, I understand. So much better. Right. I understand it all. And I'm, I'm winning. So it come, doesn't matter. Come real world, these people have already established the strength to not care what people think about what they do. What they've an already, idea. They've already established what it's like to go against the grain, to do the things you were told not to do, to color outside the lines, 
And I think that's a, a hard transition for people who tr- succeeded, I have air quotes around that, who succeeded in a traditional school environment. So who would have thought the people who did the opposite were a little step ahead when they made it out of that? Oh, 100%. Framework. 100%. I can think of those people and I admire them. And I look at people who are much younger than me who are in high school and I I can see it. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I'm so proud of you for not caring. Like you are so true to yourself and that will serve you a lot longer than the fact that you got to see on this test. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And with that, this? quit school and don't care and live in a box. No, Mic drop goodbye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. I love that. That went full circle. That, was that good. did go full circle. I loved that. This was so good. I knew it was going to be good. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on again. Thanks yeah, for dropping thanks the wisdom. For me. Um, where can people find you to follow you and hear more of your words and just follow your journey? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's Hannah Maria Oliva. And that is nearly it. My website's Hannah Marley Vitao. We're starting a little weekly newsletter that just has a bunch of like thoughts and reframes, things that I'm thinking. So you can subscribe to get newsletters are the best. They are the best. They're Absolute so fun. Best. Yeah. There's going to be little tidbits of things that you can think about differently, which I think is always helpful for people. Very important. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hannah, for being on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that this was valuable. If it was, go to our most recent, or rather, if you made it, to this point in the episode. Great job. You made it to the end. Go ahead and leave. What emoji would you like them to leave on our last Instagram post? We can, you'd pick one. What's your fave? Oh my gosh. The little emoji where they're like blowing the little thing, like a little celebratory one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the little, uh, it almost looks like a megaphone. No. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's a little emoji where they're like blowing a little party streamer. It's like well, I know. the hat. They're yes, blowing yes, a little yes, party yes, streamer. Yes, yes. The actual celebrity. person. I thought you were talking about like that little like megaphone that has like the streamers coming out of it. Oh not yeah, that. not that one. That was very nice, but no, we're talking about that. Love it. So the person blowing out the streamers with the party hat on, leave it on our most recent Instagram post. Go um, find Hannah on Instagram and give her some love. I will see you guys next week. And yeah, bye guys. <laughs>